0: you
1: you told me that never leave. Held on to
2: my heart.
3: someone observed that doing a lot of little things consistently over time can lead to greatness and that can be true for your marriage Welcome to another episode of the Loving Well Podcast. I'm John Fuller, along with Greg and Aaron Smalley. They lead our marriage department here at the ministry. And a recent habit that Dina and I are doing every day that is small, but is I'm sure going to lead to greatness, is we play the game Wordle together (laughs) every night. That's kind of our routine. We finish uh, dinner. We finish cleaning up. We sit down on the sofa, and we play as a team. We don't play against each other. We're actually kind of playing against our kids. Mm. And it's the power of two because she sees so differently, and I think and see so differently. And i got to tell you, the two of us make a pretty formidable opponent when it comes to Wordle. How about you, Greg? Oh,
4: well, one. I love that analogy yeah. for marriage. That That's really good, taking two very different people. You come together with your strengths, and you make an even more synergistic powerful Ooh, yes we're team. playing business
1: bingo synergistic
4: <laughs> and you're smarter now cuz yeah. you're doing wordle i well we learn things we do learn versus what i was going to say was very similar to <laughs> okay. that but it's not such a intelligent activity so lately what Aaron and i've been doing is that we'll meet up after we're both back from work and we sit down we'll eat dinner and play Monopoly deal. Oh, (laughs) so it's not quite wordle.
5: It's easy though. It's
4: it's so much fun, and what I like about it, 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 you know, there's that idea, you know, that women love to talk deep. That's kind of how a lot of women would define intimacy as a guy doing something. But what I'm what I'm noticing though, is the fact that we're doing something by playing this fun game. And we're talking together, yeah. it really has been such a fun thing.
5: It really has. And it's competitive. And I like well, that because I, I like stealing. I'm staying, not competing,
4: but she dominates me. I like, her I yes. like stealing yeah, all your is,
5: properties. It's true. <laughs> it's yeah. But I don't mind because I'm is not good. trying <laughs> to win.
3: I love the thread here because we're both saying that after uh, several decades of marriage, we're still having fun together. We're still. Uh, meeting each other. We're, we're sitting next to each other doing something. That's really all it takes. This is a great lead-in to the conversation we're going to listen to now, featuring Dr. Randy Schrader. He and his wife, Jenny, have been together for over 45 years, and you'll hear he is passionate about making small adjustments to improve the quality of your communication with your spouse. Here now is Dr. Randy Schrader speaking with Jim Daly about four simple tips for your marriage
6: take us through the first two of those four essentials.
7: Well, the four daily essential habits are are essential. They need <laughs> they need to, they need to happen. And uh, what I have seen uh, in troubled relationships, couples stop saying I love you. A- and in fact, uh, complacency is the dreaded disease that can really damage a marriage relationship. They become complacent and they don't say I love you every day. So the first daily essential habit is whoever or whenever a spouse leaves the home, they need to say goodbye, I love you. Doesn't make any difference if they're going to work, they're going to the grocery store, they're going to the hardware store, they say goodbye, I love you, and then the other spouse needs to return or gets to return, it's not a need to, it's a get to, uh, it's a privilege, I love you, have a good day or drive careful wherever you're going. And I there's a practical rhyme, I will never leave the house Without hugging and kissing my spouse and saying, <laughs> I love you. Okay. Uh, and, and so that's the first essential. The second one is good night, I love you. A lot of couples don't go to bed at the same time. Or if they do, you know, one will roll over first to go to sleep. Every night, whoever goes to sleep first will say good night, I love you. Uh, and then the spouse can return, uh, good night, I love you. And so there's four I love yous every day, which overcomes that dreaded disease or part of it of complacency. No, that's good. I appreciate that. The third one is really uh,
6: about habits and developing those good habits. And you say the first five minutes of the day, number three comes into play. I'm keeping your rhyming going. but uh, hit good,
7: it good what's job. Number, good job yeah. number three? <laughs> <laughs> We're rhyming all over the place. yeah, the the, uh, so the first five minutes of the day uh, set the tone for the day, not only for an attitude but also for a marriage relationship. And so couples need to avoid the Cs. I stress that to parents. I stress that uh, to couples the correcting, criticizing, complaining, condemning. You know, I've heard, Thousands of spouses say, you know, I wake up and the first thing I hear is you forgot to put your coffee cup in the dishwasher last night. You know, it's a, a criticism. And so the first five minutes, a, a spouse doesn't have to be bubbly joyful, but they need to avoid the C's so they begin the day positively. Mm-hmm. That is a habit that needs to be in place. Uh, habit four is how you end the day with your spouse other than I love you. You call it the two within 20. Yes, sir. It's spending two minutes together together within the first 20 minutes that the last spouse arrives home after work or whatever. Uh, And so it doesn't, some spouses like to unwind. They like to go change your clothes, check the mail, do that. So it doesn't have to be immediate. But at some point in those 20 minutes they need to reconnect emotionally they need to make that eye to eye heart connection the eyes are windows to the heart couples forget that they need to look in each other's eyes spend 2 minutes checking out how the days they day went for both of them and giving a meaningful hug and kiss uh, that is a daily essential habit is to give a 10-second hug, 10-second kiss every day. Uh, a meaningful hug and kiss happens in those two minutes within the first 20 that minutes. That seems
6: pretty reasonable, two minutes.
7: <laughs> I mean, you yes, invest in your marriage.
6: So, yes, sir. But I'm guilty. I don't do that every day. I do it some days and probably need to do it more
7: days. <laughs> so I you, like you, you, you this. You and this I are alike. All spouses are imperfect. Even yeah. though I'm a marriage expert, I don't do it perfectly either, Jim. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Uh,
6: complimenting your spouse is powerful. I think we know that. Sometimes, you know, I think we get a little wounded, so we pull back on that, hmm. I would say. It doesn't have to be a severe wound, but maybe just a, a little nick, and then we don't want to compliment you for the next 24 hours. <laughs> Not that I've given a lot of thought oh, to you've this. you've got a friend who
3: does <laughs> that. yeah, a friend. Uh,
6: but I, I guess many couples kind of lose that art, if I could call it that. What causes couples to stop appreciating one another? Hmm.
7: It, it is that complacency, and just they stop being a good finder. You know, they say a good finder. Yes, sir. I they're like not. That. They're not good finders. They. Are, it's too easy to slip due to our sinful nature and become fault finders, and so couples need to compliment each other every single day. And I think it's good. I always define gratitude as saying thank you. It's good to say, uh, healthier, I would say, to say, I appreciate. That lifts the spouse up. And that is praise. Praise creates positive energy in a marriage. And it's interesting to me, every counseling session, I've done thousands and thousands of counseling sessions with couples. Every session I begin with a couple, I have them appreciate each other. Hmm. And it's amazing to me how difficult that is. For spouses now, I'm seeing troubled marriages. Yeah, or marriages that are struggling and want to get stronger. Yet, for a husband to tell his wife, I appreciate, and then I ask the wife, Will you please always say thank you for the compliment? And then husband, Will you please say you're welcome after you give the compliment? And that those three uh, niceties are tough. Let it's, it just doesn't happen. It's just. Unbelievable. Yeah. Go ahead. I was Pam. just
6: going to say, let us hear a uh, compliment. Give us an example of how you would do
7: that yourself in your own marriage. I, I appreciate you stopping at the grocery store and picking up a gallon of milk. And thank you for the compliment. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and we need to go overboard on politeness. Every troubled marriage,
6: that's common sense. Politeness
7: yeah. is missing. And so yeah. going overboard on politeness and complimenting, it needs to be a compliment and I think it's extremely healthy to use the words I appreciate. Uh, You two men mentioned that you exercise to stay healthy and a lot of people take vitamins to stay healthy. Well, marriages need the appreciation vitamin to stay relationally healthy. It's an essential.
3: I love how easy it is to take the things that Randy's been sharing and apply them to our marriages. And uh, he has a book we're going to link over to. It's called Simple Habits for Marital Happiness. It's an excellent resource full of great ideas. Check out the uh, episode notes to find the link. Right now, we're going to turn a corner and hear from Dave and Ashley Willis who encountered some health and some emotional challenges in their relationship. They shared pretty honestly with Jim Daly about how they
1: got stronger through those times she's the most helpful like she's wisely said before and I love this she said a strong marriage rarely has two strong people at the same time it's usually a husband and wife taking turns being strong for each other in the moments when the other's weak and she has been the strong one 95 percent of the time so that that one season she described was one of the one of the opportunities I had and I did count it as a privilege to be strong for her in those moments even though I still was out of my league and completely unsure of what to do I knew if I can just be present and be the place where she can lean and the place where she feels safe, then, then I'm gonna be doing my part as a husband. But she's done that for me over and over again through a variety of different things. But fast forwarding to more recently, I've had some health challenges. Um, I kind of thought, I'm never gonna have health challenges, right? I'm. And I, I never would go to the doctor. At least in your mind, in you think mind, that. In my mind, I'm healthy. <laughs> then something and, happens. And she, exactly. she kept saying, you need to go to the doctor. And I'm like, I hate going to the doctor. They make you fill out like the same clipboard over and over. It's the same stuff I filled out last time. And it's it <laughs> smells weird in there. And it, I just don't like going. And she's like, well, you need to go. I feel like something is off. And I'm like, nothing's off. I'm just just stressed. Nothing's off. And so eventually she said, you know, I made an appointment for you Tuesday at the doctor. And I was offended. I'm like, I'm a grown man. I'm a, I make my own appointments. I'm not going So there I was Tuesday at the doctor's office (laughs) and um, doing doing what my wife had asked. because She's usually almost always right. And she was right about this. And they did some blood work and long story short, they were like, oh yeah, you got all kinds of stuff wrong. And I'd had a, my thyroid had stopped working. I didn't even know what a thyroid was. It's this thing in your neck. If you're interested, you can Google it. It does a lot. And um, so I had to learn about all that. And because of that, my hormones were off. My testosterone was really low, which which impacts everything from, from energy level to sex drive and a bunch of other stuff too. And I was just off. Like, she was so right. She had wisely seen my blind spot and said, you know, you need to, you need to do this to help be at your best. I'm going to love you no matter what, but I feel like there are solutions we could take. So that's kind of put me on a long journey of trying to get those things right. And it hasn't been easy. And I've been, frankly, I've been moody and I've been... Just just kinda why are you laughing? I'm just glad you it,
2: mentioned mood because that was a big part of that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. Right, now right. It's turned into counseling. How much do you guys charge by the hour? This, this could take a while. You have a couch I could lay on.
2: But to his credit, like if you look up kind of these issues like with a thyroid, it does affect your mood. I mean it really oh, sure. it can also send no, it you doesn't. I know. No, stop <laughs> that. It also sends you and it can send you into a depression. It can even give you anxiety and so there's a lot of these different things and we've had to educate ourselves and as your wife i mean i wanted to educate myself so i could best support you and really i just remember you know especially when he would have moments of anxiety and depression i counted it as a privilege to just help Dave in what I'd learned through my own journey.
6: You knew exactly what was going on. Yes, Mm yes. Even though it
2: can manifest slightly differently in men and women. Right. uh, You know, a lot of times with women, you see a little bit more of the sadness and the crying. With men, and this is very generally speaking, it can look a little different person to person. But with men, it often manifests itself in anger. Yeah. And it was an angry season for Dave. Hmm. And and it was anger, too, that you'd be like, "I I don't even know what's causing this. You know, and when you can't really point to an actual, not to discount anger, but like if you can't point to something, yeah. then you know something's chemically but there off were a here. lot of
1: those moments where I'd, I'd, yeah. I would just be like all worked up and she'd be like, explain to me what's wrong. Yeah, like what? Right. Like doing? I'm so mad because, and I'd really start thinking about it. And I'm like, well, um, I don't know. But I'm, but I'm still feeling this right. way. But that's a, <laughs> so
2: bad. <laughs> you know,
6: it's a really good indication, though, when you're trying to identify signs, you know, what's going on. Mm-hmm. When something's out of balance, just yes. like the word says, right? Mm-hmm. When something's out of balance, then you probably need to step back and have a little deeper discussion right. and talk about what's going on. Um,
2: Absolutely. That so- seems elementary. Yes. And bring in professionals like go to the doctor, go to a Christian counselor, you know, and in my own journey, I had to do this. And I think one of the biggest things I would tell anybody listening who maybe is experiencing a physical, mental or even spiritual health crisis, you know, it's a process. It generally speaking, God could take it away. in in a minute if he wanted to. And he, you know, we have accounts of this in the Bible, but most of the time it's a process where he's growing us, he's healing us, we're learning a lot on the journey. And I think if we remember that it's not gonna just happen overnight, that it's a process that he never wastes our pain, it, that it alone kind of brings us some peace in the midst of this story. Yeah,
6: and so often, you know, simple things are what you need to think about. You have a yes. story in the book about your, I think your boys building a fort and it kept blowing down. Yeah. Describe that and what you helped them and probably yourselves learn about what was going on.
1: Yeah, we had this empty lot next to our house and and the kids, anything to get them off screens. I'm like, go, just go out and play in that empty lot. Yeah. And so they started good. building yeah. this fort uh, in the empty lot, but it, the fort kept falling down because it was uh, uneven ground. And every time a wind would blow through, it would just blow it over. And I was like, well, this could be a teaching moment, even though I know nothing about engineering. I'm terrible <laughs> with tools. She is way better at tools than me. Her dad can fix anything. She thought all men were like that. Yeah. And then she married I'm me. I'm with you, bro. And <laughs> My toolkit looks like a child's fishing tackle box. It's like so small. She's, she's the one with tools. But I did know this. I was like, listen, guys, it needs a strong foundation. And I told him the story that Jesus told about building our life with a strong foundation. You're either going to build it on the rock which represents God's word and his truth. So when the storms come, no storm is gonna be able to break that foundation or you're gonna build it with no foundation on shifting sand, which is like building our lives on all the the fickle things of this world. And I'm like, right now that fort is built on the sand. It has no foundation and we've got to give it a strong foundation. And so we, we kind of shored up the foundation and sure enough, they, you know, we we built a little fort that actually actually lasted. And <laughs> to your surprise, to my I surprise, know. I could see it in your face. I'm like, That's I not. was literally surprised. i like, <laughs> I built something that works. So, so so Jesus's construction uh, instructions work just like all of his other things. It's all right. true. Everything he taught is true. But it was also a, a life lesson for us. I think sometimes in our lives we get so busy that we forget the foundation part.
3: Well, I so appreciated the transparency from Dave and Ashley and Aaron. Let me turn to you, in your counseling practice, how do you walk a couple through a, a challenging time like that, either physically or emotionally or both?
5: It's so interesting, you know, physically or emotionally. So many people that come in for counseling, someone is struggling or both of them are struggling emotionally, and then add in a physical difficulty that can be really challenging on a marriage and on the individual. And so first and foremost, I would encourage that couple to just reaffirm that I'm here with you. Hmm. I'm not going anywhere. I think the most powerful words that can be spoken is we're going to get through this together. We're going to figure it out. We're going to navigate it together. Granted, I also see that sometimes the individual, if the other person isn't fully embracing either the emotional challenge or the physical challenge, they want to crawl over into their yard and try to manage it. And that doesn't work so well either.
4: Mm. And I really like that because when you go through a, a huge health challenge within a relationship, it's it's so discombobulating for everybody. It's throwing everybody out, out of whack and people start to wonder, are you really going to be there for me mm-hmm. and with me?
5: Oh, in my time of need, right? is like one of the deepest questions we ask: Is are you going to be there for me in my time of need?
4: And that's why this is such a, a it can be a beautiful season. I know it's wait, what? There's health problems. It, the beautiful season comes from, as Aaron was saying, that that I'm telling her I'm not going anywhere. We're going to figure this out together. Mm-hmm. So it actually strengthens the connection, strengthens the bond, strengthens the commitment. That's the, the ground floor. That's the foundation yeah. that they're
3: really needing. That leads to deeper intimacy yeah. and a, a stronger connection. But
4: but if, if there's a, a hint of, I'm not sure you're going to stick through this with me, oof, it just makes it way more challenging. Yeah when my parents and my dad passed away um, about six years ago and kind of watching them walk through when he developed a ultimately fatal kidney disease. And one of the things that I did with my mom was just to sit down with her online and really download information and find you know, exactly what was going on. What did all this mean? We Googled exactly what the doctor had said and just sat with her. Just to help her to understand, and I think that's the opportunity for a couple as well, mm-hmm. is dig in, look for the information, find out what does this really mean for yeah. us. And the more that they can understand, again, that's uniting, that's bonding. Now, okay, not only are we committed, now we're on the same page. And then they can decide, okay, moving forward, what what do we want our relationship to look like? What will a new normal Yeah look like.
5: And I love what you're saying that you did for your mom because that's one of the most important things is to recognize we don't have to do this alone, the two of us as a couple, that having a support system is so important. And often when I talk to people who are going through either a health challenge or an emotional challenge in the marriage that they become isolated. Yeah. And so it's important to look for those folks for those those people who are going to walk with you through thick and thin and it may just be one one other couple or one dear friend just find one mm-hmm. someone who can walk with you and if you don't have that person begin praying but keep your eyes open and watch for that person to come across your path. Yeah,
3: yeah, I'm glad you brought up prayer. Uh, that's actually where we're going next. And I was thinking as you to her sharing that praying together can be one of those things that really especially as you navigate a crisis like this um, boy that can really make the big difference Uh, we're going to hear now from ryan and selena frederick they joined jim daly and me in the studio a while back to discuss why it's important to pray with and for your mate there's some really good insights about how praying together has made a difference in their relationship and how you can get started
6: stories help here, obviously. So I want to lean into that a bit with the books. And, and I think Selena, you prayed a, what you described as a desperate prayer uh, for Ryan after you moved recently. Uh, what happened in that
0: yeah, real life story? Moving's a big transition mm. on everyone. And again, it, I think it was around the same season that, you know, you move, we moved to kind of a bigger house and there's more financial responsibility. And then all of a sudden it feels like business is going like this. Everything's kind of just falling into this rut so naturally the people that you snap at more are the people you feel safe with and so he just I could tell that there was this distancing happening there was this I'm going to put my head down I got to work and I try to respect that because there are seasons for that but it kind of felt like we were disconnected for a lot longer than we usually are and so you know that manifests itself in just fighting uh bickering
8: Shortness, shortness, yeah. lack of lack of uh, grace, any sort of affection,
0: and yeah. so I just prayed. I said, "God, help my husband's heart." I don't know. Maybe I am wrong in this. Like again, please, God, open my own eyes, open my own heart to my own sin. But I feel like he's spinning his wheels. I feel like he's kind of mm-hmm. depending on himself. Uh, Holy Spirit, just manifest your. Uh, clarity, I guess, in him, because we can just see things so wrong yeah. when we're trying to take hold and control
6: the situation. Now, is this you praying on my own? For Ryan on your own? on <laughs> my own. This out loud. And
0: uh, we did <laughs> to pray him. together, though. I feel like that was that was kind of one of the turning points of praying together. I think you were able to kind of yeah. hear my heart and also see what was happening. It's hard to always see in those situations, right. too. when
8: so many spouses are high can find themselves in the situation that you you were in is that you, you feel helpless. Yeah. You feel like, oh. I, I just want something to change and it's not changing. Yeah. And what happens is when we go to God, it's we're recognizing our need, God, this is your domain. Right. You are the one who changes hearts. I can't do that. No matter how many times I nag, I'm speaking as a wife or as a husband, or, or I try to fix it myself, the heart is God's domain. Yeah. And so there's the humbling of myself going to God saying, only you can do this, you be God, I cannot be God. Then I think as we pray for a spouse who, You know, we want God to move we start to empathize. We start to actually have more compassion yeah. toward one another. And that to me has been one of the most radical things mm-hmm. in, our, in our Yeah, that's a great outcome
6: of that. Yeah. And, you know, perhaps we didn't say this mm-hmm. disclaimer, John, at the top, but we're talking about normally, regularly healthy relationships here, not right. where there's severe trauma in, right. the, in the marriage. And in those cases, you need help, yeah. uh, pastoral help or yeah. uh, counseling. So we don't want to diminish. Uh, and I just mm-hmm. picture a wife who's really struggling because her husband's addicted to pornography or an alcoholic Mm -hmm. or, you know, something severe. You do need to pray. Don't get me wrong. But in this context, we're talking about the general generally healthy Christian couple who just needs to remember the importance Mm -hmm. of prayer in this case, and you're correcting those little things that make life better and marriage better if you pray together, so let me make that disclaimer. In that regard, the nuts and bolts of how to pray, we're kind of touching on that, so let's move a little more in that direction. I I would imagine, and it's self-evident, you don't use that time for grievance prayer, Lord, if only Ryan were better at this and dot, dot, dot. I mean, that's not what you're saying at all. That's not the spirit of a healthy prayer to the Lord.
8: Right. No, it's again, the orientation of a prayer is one of God, you were God, and I am not, and I need you to act as God in my heart, in my spouse's heart. I'm stricken by, in Matthew 6, uh, Jesus is instructing us on how to pray, and he starts with, don't pray like these two groups of people, we have the, the Pharisees and we have the Gentiles, right? The Pharisees would, would try to be loud and they would try to show off their skills in praying. And the Gentiles would just heap up words to try and, you know, basically say, by my many words, God will now answer my prayer. Jesus says, no, instead pray like this, simply pray in secret pray with few words. That's really yeah. good. Mm.
6: Uh, let me ask how couples uh, can use the Lord's Prayer. You mentioned mm-hmm. that in the books. How does the Lord's Prayer enter into your marriage in prayer?
8: Well, it's a loose outline, right? Um, I mean, you could, of course, just pray the Lord's Prayer verbatim, top to bottom. I think that's obviously that's how Jesus said to pray. That's great. Um, but I find it helpful as a prompt and an outline. So it starts out, our Father in heaven. Well, there's two really grounding things in that statement alone, that he is not just a cult. He's not just a king. He's not just God. He is our father. He relates to us from in a familial way, yeah. in a very affectionate, loving way. Mm-hmm. He's our father uh, and he's in heaven. All right. He's above. He reigns above. Like that is very calibrating. So start with our father in heaven. Okay. God, you are my loving father. You know what I'm going through. You know the situation better than I do. You know, your kingdom come in this situation. Your will be done. You kind of see how that going through that with your spouse in mind is very clarifying. And of course, there are more kind of rigid outlines that do correlate with the Lord's Prayer, like Acts, it's adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Um, That's helpful as well, but that's just one idea.
6: Yeah, and that's a good application. you also recommend praying for your spouse from head to toe, which is great. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that covers all of it, right? He knows every hair on our head, <laughs> yeah. so how about that? Praying for yeah. your spouse head to toe.
0: Yeah, that's a great place to start if you don't know where to start. Uh, for Ryan, you know, for a husband, I might mm. pray for his mind. God, just be in his thoughts, lead him as mm-hmm. he thinks and works and does all the things he does. God be with his eyes, mind, eyes. Like whatever he sees, may temptation flee. May he not mm-hmm. be distracted. Wow, may good. there be, you know, purity in what he sees. And then, you know, his heart. God, do what you're going to do in his heart, because again, that is your domain. Yeah. Uh, his hands as he puts his hands to work. I pray that uh, he would find purpose in it that is deeper than maybe just what he's doing. Yeah. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah. And you talk about for the wife or praying yeah. for the wife. Praying yeah. for the so, wife.
8: Uh, you know. You had mentioned this in our conversations that you know you can get in your own head a lot. So um, I do pray for you again, head to toe, starting in the the mind. That
6: integrated brain, it is. Yeah, that that your
8: that your her <laughs> thoughts would be centered on you, and that you would be you know that her mind would be gracious toward herself, even that she wouldn't be mm. overly critical of herself. Even your your the words that my wife says as she's mothering our children, that you would give her words that are life giving. Um, that she would have words that are from you that would bring life into. Mm. Uh, the hearts of our children. It begins to just prompt you. Yeah, I hear women right now going, oh, that sounds so good."
6: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wish my husband would pray that way. Well, he can't. Hey, you can, right? And i love, holding you
8: back.
3: I love what I'm hearing because you're you're really reciting a lot of scripture. You're not you know verbatim, but yeah. you're taking yeah. scriptural principles and then you're speaking God's word over your spouse. Which, right? if you do
0: ever get stuck, praying through scripture is a very helpful tool yeah. as well. <laughs> and that is,
8: I think, maybe at the core of these books that we're talking about and. At the the core of prayer is it's it's a response god has mm-hmm. initiated he's the one who's initiated communication with us through his word through mm-hmm. the, the word incarnate mm-hmm. christ and so when we read scripture and we say god you said these things now i'm going to pray these not holding god hostage and you said this but more of a right. this is your promise this is who you are i'm, I'm trust it. i'm standing mm-hmm. on this mm-hmm. uh, that is us responding to what god has initiated you know, I really appreciated how
3: Ryan and Selena have uh, learned to pray the Scripture over each other. That's one of those little disciplines repeated over time as we opened uh, this episode that makes a big difference. And Aaron, you've done some research about couples who pray together, and I, I wonder what some of the findings are.
5: Yeah, it's interesting, John, because you would assume that... Christian couples are praying together, and uh, I can tell you that's a struggle, and I mean, it's a struggle for us in different seasons, and working with couples, they come in consistently saying, yeah, we don't pray together, and the the research is almost staggering, 11% of couples pray together daily.
4: And that's praying, meaning outside of praying for meals or crying out to God during a, a crisis situation. So that they're saying that that yeah. doesn't count, yeah, yeah, as praying together every day,
5: right? But yet when we do pray together, it decreases the chance of a divorce by down to one less than one percent. Hmm. And so there's that's something so powerful about that. But I'll tell you, when I'm working with a couple and I bring this up, often they are like, "Oh, you know, that's uncomfortable and awkward." And it's so often I'll just say, "You know what? Just ask them what's one thing." One thing I can pray for you right here, right now, what is it? And then just make it a simple, simplistic prayer. Lord, we lift this up to you in Jesus name, you know, start there and, and just keep moving forward with that. Yeah.
3: We, uh, we've recently picked up, um, a habit of praying, uh, kind of a liturgical prayer at night Mm. out of a book that a friend gave us. Mm. And it's, I mean, it's 400 year old language. So it's these and thines and all sorts of things that don't read or sound particularly, uh, natural, but the heart of these written prayers Mm. is wonderful.
5: They're they're Mm -hmm. beautiful.
3: And it's, it's really how we end the day now. I grab that book. I read something. And I know it's resonating with Dina when she pulls the covers back from her head. <laughs> oftentimes, she'll she'll her, she the uncuncodes. signal the signal is I'm done, and she covers exactly. her head up. That's like okay, I'll grab the prayer book, and she, it resonates because she'll pull the covers down or she'll say uh huh and give me a, you know kind of a vocal amen to that. So it's a small thing. Do what works for you. I mm-hmm. think is the real key here. Pray something with your spouse together. Pray it consistently. Do something as we open the show. Do little things consistently. Find out how doing things together consistently over time can really strengthen your marriage. Well, if you'd like to continue on and uh, just keep fine-tuning your relationship, we have a lot of resources here at the ministry. And uh, one I'll point to is written by Greg and Aaron. It's crazy little thing called marriage. It's a terrific book addressing commitment and serving and seeking God. There's a lot here. And I'll encourage you to make a donation to the ministry of Focus on the Family today. Uh, You can do that through the link in the show notes. And uh, when you make that monthly or one-time gift, we'll say thank you for joining the support team, for being a part of the ministry here, uh, by sending a copy of that book, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. And on our website, we also have a link to our free marriage assessment, and more than one million individuals have benefited from it. It's a great thing to fill it out and uh, have some conversation, whether you're a newlywed or you've been married for decades. The details are in the show notes. And, of course, uh, we heard earlier from Dr. Randy Schrader, and uh, he has really packed so much into this little book, Simple Habits for Marital Happiness, It is an excellent resource, quick and easy to go through, very easy to implement. I think you'll find after you read and do some of what Dr. Schrader suggests, you'll have a stronger marriage. The link to that book and uh, so much more uh, you'll find in the episode notes. Next time, how to appreciate your spouse and a reminder that he or she is a gift from God. For now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and the entire team, thanks for joining us for the Loving Well podcast. Time,
5: time.